Well, Father, here we are one more time. Thank you for putting a song in our heart tonight. We ask that your Holy Spirit would come and impress upon us that we might just know you as our Father and our Daddy. Help us by looking at Jesus to know you better. Help us, Father, to give up on ourselves. This way you can do something with us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to take a couple of minutes from last night's subject and open this up. And, of course, I've had people tell me, boy, you're really living dangerous. Any questions from last night's meeting? You know, we talked a lot about what was going on. So did anybody come up with a question they want to be able to ask? Or did anybody, anything particularly impress you? Or anything that really left you wondering all night long? (laughs) Okay. I think Albert's making CDs, so I think you can do that too. Okay. Anybody else? Nobody? Well... (laughs) The object of this week is simply to be able to get us to understand a little better of who God is, okay? Really. Lots and lots of people in our religious society know about God, but they really don't know God. Uh, They know all of the doctrines, you know, they know all of the rules, and everything else, but when it really comes to knowing God, they really don't. You know, it's like you can read and study the Bible, and I've had people tell me, I read the Bible every day. I'm glad. I'm going to tell you something. You can read about Abraham Lincoln daily. You can even learn speeches that he gave. You can even learn all about him But I'm going to tell you something. You can never know Abraham Lincoln this side of heaven. Hello. Do you understand the difference? You see, with God, do you know about him or do you really know him? There's a big difference. I hope that when we're finished this week, you'll be able to have some reassurance That regardless of how bad you think you are, God still loves you. God still wants you to be with him in heaven. And God's more patient than you are. I hope that's a message you'll get through. And that you'll be able, for nothing else, you'll be able to share why you can smile. Okay? In a world that hasn't got a whole lot to smile about nowadays. And it'll help us because we can spread the good news. And the good news is God loves us. We want to be able to find the Father. And Jesus says, I'm the way. What did he come for? To show us the Father. I said last night, most people think Jesus came to die on a cross. This is not true. Jesus actually did not have to die on the cross. Hello? That's shocking to some. Okay? He came to show us the Father. The Father has been so misconstrued. Satan has misrepresented him in so many different ways. Jesus came to show us what kind of a loving Father he really was. 
And that was his mission, to show us this. I found this statement. I love it. Satan summons all of his forces and throws his whole power into the combat. Any of you felt that lately? Why is it that he meets with no greater resistance? Why are the soldiers of Christ so sleepy and indifferent? Because they have so little real connection with Christ. Because they are so destitute of his spirit, sin is not to them as repulsive and abhorrent as it was to their master. They do not meet it as did Christ with a decisive and determined resistance. Why? Because they really don't know God and they don't know Jesus. It's that simple. You see, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, some of us in this room can testify, we've really tried to resist him. You know what the big problem is about? We tried. That's the problem. Okay? We just need to be able to say, we can't, Lord, you do it. Okay? And the Lord's already overcome him. The Lord's already beat him. He's a defeated foe. So let him fight the battle for you. And he can give you a peace of mind. You can go to bed at night and just say, thank you, Father, and go to sleep. And it makes your day so much better and so much easier to be able to witness to our children, like we were talking about earlier, Mona, to our friends, our neighbors, because they can see and hear who God really is. And that has to be our goal. We can study all the rest of this stuff And it really doesn't help us. Over in the Bible, we find in Matthew chapter 20, if you want to go look there, a story that particularly in the Adventist world is not really comprehended, if I use that terminology. What does it tell us? Unto a man that was a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers unto his vineyard. And he, when he made an agreement with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? All right? But he went out about the third hour, and he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And so he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. He went out later, about the sixth hour, and then again the ninth hour. And he did likewise. About the eleventh hour he went out, finding and found others standing idle, and said unto them, Why are you standing here all day idle? And they said unto him, Because... No man has hired us. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that you shall receive. It sounded like he was really into hiring people, wasn't he? When evening came, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call all the laborers together, and give them their hire, beginning with the last unto the first. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I'd have been the guy that got hired in the morning, 
I'd have been jerked out of shape. Why are these Johnny-come-latelys getting their pay before me? Now, the only good thing that I could get out of it was he gave them a penny. And I thought, they only worked one hour. If they got a penny for an hour, then fair, I ought to get 12. Man, I can fund my 401k. I can take the family on a vacation and even save a few bucks. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I'm, I'm really positive. Then, of course, he calls up the next ones. What does he do with them? He gives them a penny, too. Well, four pennies isn't as good as 12, but that's not too bad. Then the next ones, what does he do? He gives them a penny, too. Well, there goes the 401k. You can forget that one. But hey, two pennies is better than, you know, one. Then, of course, he calls the last ones in, and what does he give them? A penny. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you really look at this story, to me, it sounds to me like this landowner is nothing but a troublemaker. Huh? I mean, can't you imagine right here in Fort Bragg some employer doing this? There'd be a few jerked-off people, okay? And yet, you would also say, well, he was trying to be nice and help everybody, but at the same time, he was creating trouble. Amen? <laughs> what did the workers say? They murmured against the good man of the house. Saying that these last have worked one hour and you gave them equal unto us who worked hard all through the heat of the day. What's wrong with you? You know, I like what the master says. He calls them friends. Didn't say employees. He said, friends, I don't do you any wrong. Didn't we agree in the very beginning that your pay would be one penny? Then take what I've given you and what you've earned and go about your business. Now, most of you know who the landowner is, so you know, of course, he isn't a troublemaker. What's the real story behind this parable that Jesus was trying to get across. There are those people that have been in the faith for a long time. Long time. There's those who have just will have came in when Jesus comes. You see, the test is who will you worship? I'm a firm believer, and I've said this amongst ministers, and I'm telling you, I've caught a little flack over it. I believe when Jesus comes, there will be people caught up in the heaven to meet him who are still eating pork chops. Hello. I believe there will people be caught up into heaven, still got too much makeup and too much jewelry. Hello. See, the test isn't what you eat. The test isn't what you wear. The test isn't none of that, folks. The test is, who will you worship? 
And if they understand the difference, and we're told it will be brought to the front regardless, even if it's through the scorn of the message. But everybody will be able to make a choice to either worship the Creator or follow the God of this earth. That's the test, folks. They haven't had long enough to sit through this 27 fundamental beliefs and be baptized. I've actually had people tell me that the only ones that are going to be translated and go to heaven are Seventh-day Adventists. I said, where do you read that? Where do you find that? You know, the audacity. I even had a, a fellow, uh, you know, uh, evangelist with amazing facts tell me that we should never accept anybody on profession of faith because they've got to be rebaptized and they've got to be Seventh-day Adventist and they've got to be a vegetarian, vegan, or they won't be raptured, you know, caught up out of here. They may die and still go to heaven, but they won't be alive when Jesus comes. I said, where do you get this garbage? What did we learn last night? God said, if you believe. If you believe. I always have to be careful because some people think, you know, uh, you're just talking love. We don't have to do anything. You know, that's true. You don't have to do anything except one thing. Be willing to let God do it for you. That you've got to do. And as long as you remember to keep Jesus as your personal friend, folks, I'm going to tell you, even though you may go places now, you're going to reach a point you're not going anymore. You know why? Because you know Jesus won't go with you. Okay? That's a whole lot easier than saying, well, i got to stop this or I'll never get to heaven. Amen? I mean, isn't that different? You know? We make religion a hard taskmaster. When in reality, it's really simple. Jesus said, I can't do anything, but the Father does it. We can't do anything, but we can do all things through Jesus. He that began the work will finish it. What do we have to do? Let him. Just be willing to get out of the way. Amen? And so we discover something. Whether it's in the very last moment of the history of this world, Somebody makes a decision to worship the Creator. You couldn't baptize them into the Adventist church if you wanted to. Are going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Hello? And yet at the same time, there's going to be people that have been in the faith for a long time. They can testify. You know, I, I've had people say, I wish I had a testimony like some of these other guys. You know, how God delivered me from drugs and blah, 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 blah. But you know, I was born a Christian. I've been a Christian all my life. I said, that's the greatest testimony in the world. That God can give you the ability to live as a Christian through this time and not make some of the dumb mistakes the rest of us have made. Hello? That's a powerful testimony. But they don't realize it. As we go through and we begin to understand, there's two systems, the merit system and the gift system. God's system is which one? The gift system. 
You can't merit it. It's impossible. There's no way. You've got to accept it as a gift. People don't understand this sometimes. You know, you're out of gas. Somebody says, here, here's a five-gallon can of gas. Is it, is it enough to accept the five gallons of gas? You've got to put it in the tank or it ain't going to do you any good, amen? <laughs> Hello? God says, here's eternal life. It's yours. You're my daughter. But just in, you've got to put it in or it doesn't do anything, Amen? It's got to be practical. We, we make things absolutely just so technical, you know. I meet people, they're, they're so impressed with their education, they couldn't see a tree if their life depended on it. Why? The forest is in the way, you know. Listen, it's simple. The Jews came to him one day and said there was a centurion, and he is worthy why, he's built us a temple, he's done this, and he's done that. And Jesus ought to go do this. Now, why should he go do it? Because he's worthy. But when Jesus went to the centurion, what did he say? I'm not worthy at all. You don't even, please, you don't even have to come to my house. You know, I have people work for, I just say it and it works. And Jesus says, I have not found such faith in all of Judea. Hear from a person. But we want to be able to have our own works. We just aren't satisfied unless we are doing something. And it's absolutely too easy to admit you can't and ask God to keep his promise. And what's his promise? I'll do it. Jesus says, anybody here feel faultless? Tonight, do you, anybody feel faultless? Jesus said, when it comes time, I'm going to present you faultless. Hello? How many of you think when that time comes, when your name comes up, you really are faultless? Because of Jesus' righteousness, amen? Not because you're perfect. Hello? You might be perfect in your spirit. Does everybody understand when I say that? You know, some of us are, are, are within our sphere. You know, God's given us maybe a little bit more ability that we can say no more often or yes more often than some others. But does that make me more perfect than the other person? No. Why? God knows me. Hello. Okay. And we said last night, sin is sin. I don't care which one you want to pick out, whatever one you think is the least commandment, if you've broken that one, you're guilty of the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you, even when you break that one, Satan will be right there and say, why don't you just give up? You're never going to make it. Why do you put yourself through this? All you are is a hypocrite. I know none of you have ever had that told to you. I have. Hello? That's Satan talking. God says, I love you. Yeah, you blew it. Ask me to forgive you. I will. And you know what my Bible says over there in Hebrews chapter 9? Chapter 8, excuse me. He doesn't 
even remember it. Hello? People go to the cross, they'll kneel down, they'll ask God to forgive them, okay, and then they get up and take all the guilt with them. Why? God doesn't even remember it. Why do you? Okay? That's how much God loves us. God wants us to know, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. Just let me come in and and don't worry about it. Most of the changes will gradually come. You won't even realize they've happened. But other people around you will. And that's the changes that needs to be made. Okay? The harder we work at it, let me tell you, the worse witness we become. It's really a fact. We become a witness. Listen, I've met some people that are trying to be translated. They're eating the translated diet. And blah, blah, blah. The, I, I don't like being around them. Hello? You know? I'm not perfect, and I know they aren't either, but some of them think they're close. I actually had one lady tell me one time, I haven't sinned for three months. What are you going to do? <laughs> How are you going to answer that, you know? If she honestly thinks she's that perfect, you know. Uh. Sometimes we wonder about this system, though, that God has. You know, you go into the hospital. Here's a beloved pastor. You know, he's worked many years in the mission field, and he's here now, and he's in the hospital, and he's dying. And, and we call in the elders, John, you know, to be able to anoint him, and, and we pray around him, and we remind God of all the good works he's done and all of the things he can do. And after all, Father, he's worthy. And the man dies. And we kind of wonder about that. You know? Then, John, we can get called, go in to see a backslider. He don't even ask to be anointed. He just comes in. When you come in and visit him, he says, Would you do me a favor? Please pray for me. They tell me I got terminal cancer. I'm not going to get out of here. But would you just pray I'll come up in the right resurrection? And miraculously, he walks out of the hospital. And in our brains, the way we as humans think, there's something a little wrong here, God. You let this pastor die, and you took this backslider and brought him back to life? I know I'm the only weird one in the group. But I admit I've thought these things. The the thing of it is, folks, God's, like I said earlier to you, like Red says, God's large and he's in charge. Okay? There's things we learned last night. God can't prevent simply because he's given free choice. But I got news for you. You choose him and you going to heaven is a solved problem. Hello? It's a solved problem problem. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it for me. Jesus said, I'll present you faultless. And guess what? I'm going to do it with a big smile on my face, he said. Okay? 
Not because of what you did, you just allowed him to do it. That's what makes such a difference. And if we can get this through our mind, we can actually become Seventh-day Gladventists instead of Seventh-day Adventists. Okay? I know we're laughing, but you all know what I'm talking about. Rich man came to Jesus, right? What do I got to do to be able to be saved? And Jesus said, well, there's one thing you lack. What was it? Earthly stuff was worth more to him than the other. Okay? Listen, I meet people sometimes. They can try to justify it, but they got to work. Hello? After all, the car payments come and do. You know? We can come up with all kinds of excuses of why we're going to do something or not do something. But is there really a good excuse? None. Our heart's somewhere else, isn't it? And so here this man's heart was somewhere else. And he was sad and went away, grieved, because he had great possessions. And Jesus looked and said unto the disciples, how hard it is for them that have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Now that doesn't mean you've got to be poor. Hello? I've met some church members that think if you got money, obviously you're not really a good Christian. How many have heard of Little Debbie's? You realize, of course, this man is very, very, very rich. Some of you may remember the little story about the guy with the posty notes. You remember that story? Came to a meeting, he didn't want to be able to burn up with all of his stuff, so he wrote a posty note, put it in the deal, to be burned. Yeah, some of you might remember that a little bit. Owner of Little Debbie's. The disciples were amazed at his words, and Jesus said, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. My point is, you don't have to be poor. What's in your heart? This is what's important. Listen, if you can handle it, God will give you riches. Hello. But he's not giving them to you so you can drive, you know, Rolls Royces and fly, you know, $2 million planes and blah, blah, blah. He's giving it to you to help win souls to Jesus Christ. That's what he's giving it to you for. And as a result, we begin to realize that if it's in the way, you don't need it. You know, if you can't imagine whatever it is, I don't care what it is, if you can't imagine it's completely gone and you can still smile and move on, we got a problem. Hello? We got a problem. Because it's all going to go burn up anyway. You know, I don't care what it is, it's gone. You're not taking it with you. You know, the realization of, of what people collect. <laughs> After they're gone, what's it worth? Hello? We, sometimes we spend tons of money on this junk. I can say that now. I can remember every month, sometimes twice a month, you know, Sally bought... Twenty nine ninety five plates. 
After all, they're going to be worth a fortune. Several of them, I'm lucky if I can give them away. Hello. She had enough shoes you could have opened a shoe store. She used to joke this was my retirement money. New ones she never even had. Never wore. They were on sale. She'd buy four pair. You know. What were they worth? Nothing. Those that I've been able to give away, the rest of them are still packed up. Am I making it plain? Now, that speaks to me. And since I started learning that, I got news for you. I started getting rid of junk. I started getting rid of it. I don't... Listen, folks. There's only one reason to have money. Do you know that? That's to be able to enjoy doing good things whether with your family or with others. That's the purpose of it. And you can't outgive God. I just tell you that. And here this rich man. Now did the disciples understand it? No, the disciples thought, for crying out loud, if they can't get in, who can? Huh? I want you to turn with me. I hope you brought your Bibles tonight. Turn with me over there to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And I love this part of the story that Jesus gives us. Because it really helps us understand. Mark chapter 10. I put my glasses on so I can see. And we find here in Mark 10. And beginning with verse 29. Jesus says, Truly I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, brother, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands, for my sake and the gospel's sake. Now, does that mean go get a divorce from your wife? No, of course not, dummy. Okay. But some of us in this room have lost husbands and wives, some of us children. Hello? And that's a real loss. Okay? We still got to move on. But Jesus is saying, listen, even if you had to give it up, you might not have chose to, but you, you got to give it up. It ain't here anymore. He says this, you'll receive 100-fold more. Not only now, but in the world to come eternal life. One of the most beautiful things, if it is, is the message of resurrection morning. Amen? What a wonderful hope this is. And those of us that have this hope helps us cope with what's going on. And Jesus said, listen, you might have to wait a while, but one of these days... <laughs> You'll be reunited. I know some people say, well, but I don't know about this or that, you know. Uh, I don't know if they'll be there or not. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. God loves them more than you do. And if there's this much of a doubt, he'll give it to them. You want to know what your big problem is? 
not worrying about them every day giving your life to Jesus again. Because Satan doesn't care about them anymore. He wants you. That's what he wants. He wants you. And if he can do it through depression, if he can do it, you know, through sadness, if he can do it through giving you good things, he'll do whatever it takes to get you. That's exactly what he wants. I told you last night, we're in a war. It isn't fair. There are victims in any war. What did they do wrong? Nothing. Why did this happen? In a war. Now, I was Tammy and Mona and I were talking. I said, you know, when I get to heaven, I do have a few questions for God. Okay, I'd like to know why. I'll accept the fact. I accept the promise and the hope. I'd still like to know why. Okay? And you know what? God doesn't get mad at us if we ask why. You want to believe that? Go back and read the book of Job. In all this, God said he did not sin. Hello? God understands. But what we got to understand is, this is not the real world. This is a false, plastic society that Satan has made it into. The real world is yet to come. And it's yours, Jesus gave it to you. Why would you let Satan steal it from you? Huh? Why? Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, Jesus says. Everything will be restored. Everything will be better than you can imagine. We don't have to have any more dye for our hair, girls. You know? And we don't have to have face cream forever to try to stay young. And even guys are using some of this junk today too. You know what I'm saying? Why? To be able to cover up sin. Let me tell you, every woman sitting in this room will be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen one of these days. Okay? The most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And guess what, girls? We really will be tall, dark, and handsome. Hello? Okay? It's coming. Do we believe it? That's what we have to do. Accept it. Believe it. And know that God loves you and God wants you there and He gave His Son for you to come and be there. He isn't someone trying to keep you out. He's someone who wants to help you in. Okay? So, if it's possible, begin to change the way you think about Him. I'm not saying don't be reverent when it comes to God. We would anyway. But can you begin to think about God as a daddy? Is there a difference between a father and a daddy? There really is. Sometimes when we think of father, you know, a little bit stern. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a little exacting. But a daddy just loves me. That's what I want you to start thinking about God. God just loves you. 
okay? You'll respect him for no other reason is because you'll love him back. And love begets love. That's what it's all about. Father, may this song become a reality to each one of us. May we learn not to trust ourselves. May we admit we can do nothing. But Father, at the same time, every day, let us thank you for giving us one more day. Let us ask you to take us as yours. Put a smile on our face, Father, and let us enjoy today. And may others see Jesus in us. And when they want to know why we can be happy, we can say, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he'll do exactly what he says. In Jesus' name, amen.